In today's episode, we're going to be breaking down some of the standout pro day numbers from Jamar Chase to Kyle Pitts and some of the pass rushes that I like in this upcoming draft. Also, I did two mock drafts this week, selecting the first five picks for the Dolphins. So I'm going to be sharing those with you. I definitely want to hear your feedback. You know, make sure you guys get at me on Twitter, letting me know your feedback when I share these with you. But I'll get through that. And also, last but not least, the Miami Heat, a perfect week? No losses? Finally, man. That feels so damn good to say after such an up and down year. It's nice to see these things clicking in all cylinders for the Heat. Oladipo's a little, you know, kind of getting used to everything. He's not scoring as much, but he's doing other things. But I'm going to break all that down for you in this episode. So stay tuned. It's going to be another good one, guys. Welcome to episode 12 of the Miami Sports Vibes podcast with Nando Diaz. Thank you all for tuning in once again. I hope you all had a fantastic Easter Sunday. I hope you guys are staying safe out there. And, you know, after watching baseball this week, March Madness this week, NBA, it's nice to see some fans in the stands. You know, I just want to take the time to say that it's it's amazing. You know, obviously it's not 100% capacity, which we all will love. But it's nice to start seeing at least some type of normalcy, you know, come back into our lives little by little. It's really nice. So with that being said, I just want to share that with you. I hope you all are staying safe. Good days are ahead for sure. And also just thank you for listening. Thank you for for the support you guys are giving me, the feedback you guys are giving me, the interactions on Twitter, the messages, the, you know, the kind words. You guys are all great. And I'm really appreciative for that. And if you're not following me and you're just listening to this podcast, my Twitter page is at SportsVibes305. You can follow me there, contact me there, talk about sports, anything you like. All right, so we have a jam-packed episode coming up on this one. We're going to break down a lot of those Dolphins players, the pro days, who I like, who I don't like, the mock drafts I have to share with you, and the Miami Heat. They're rolling right now. We're going to be diving into that as well. So let's get right into it with the Miami Dolphins. All right, Dolphin fans, I know you guys are eager, just like me. It's April. You can smell the draft coming right up, and we all can't wait. Trust me, I know. I've been sitting at work myself, probably like you guys, just thinking about who are we going to pick at 6? Who are we going to pick at 18? Are we going to make trades? Is Greer done making trades? Are we going to trade back some more? Trust me, I feel your pain. I can't wait for the draft myself. I just hope this month flies by because I'm eager to know. I mean, and then you're seeing people with these great pro days. You know, one day, some people want Chase. The next day, somebody likes Pitts. The next day, somebody likes Smith. Listen, you're not alone. I'm right there with you. But you know what? One thing you can agree on is whether it's Chase, whether it's Pitts, whether it's Smith, Waddle, whoever we go with, I said this before, you can't go wrong. I mean, either way, this is a win-win. These are all great dynamic playmakers that we need in our offense. So we're in a good position. But man, this draft can't come soon enough, I tell you. So as you all know from listening to my podcast, listening to me speak about the draft, about the players in the draft, you know I'm a Devonta Smith guy. I mean, that's my guy. I've wanted him ever since we had the pick at three because I like the chemistry with Tua. I like his playmaking ability. The dude's great. Yeah, he's skinny, but 
He's incredible. He's an incredible talent. He won the Heisman as a wide receiver. The dude is a stud. But let's break down some Jamar Chase stuff that I saw this past week. I mean, he had his pro day, and man, he caught my eye. And you know what? I wouldn't mind taking him with our number six pick. Obviously, I like Smith better personally, but this Chase guy is a stud. I mean, man, he had a 41-inch vertical. Are you kidding me? DK Metcalf, okay? I saw this on Twitter. DK Metcalf is a freak. His athleticism is insane. And his vertical was 40.5. Jamar Chase beat that. Once I saw that, I was like, oh my goodness. Is this, is this for real? And you know he had that athleticism to his game. But the thing we didn't know about Chase, or the uncertainty, was his speed. It was like, is he fast enough? Uh, you know what? By the looks of the 40 that he ran, he ran that at 4.38. Are you kidding me? I mean, just watching him go, I was like, wow. I mean, I started watching more Jamar Chase highlights after that pro day, and I was trying to tell my mind, hey, if we pick this man at six, that is a great, great thing. The kid's a stud, but there's more pro days that, that caught my eye. And it's a guy that Dolphins Twitter has been going insane about lately, Kyle Pitts. He has a longer wingspan than any wide receiver or tight end in the league. I mean, this dude is a mismatch, a future Hall of Famer. Everything they say about this kid, I believe it. There's no doubt about it. I believe it. This kid, he's a freak. I mean, he's 6'6", 245 pounds. He is a mismatch. He knows how to block. He knows how to catch. Catch balls in traffic. The kid is amazing. And, and before you tell me, yo, we're going to pick a tight end at six. I'm like, no, 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 no. What are we doing? But this guy's different. This guy is different. I'm all on Kyle Pitts as well. Listen, give me whoever it is. As long as it's one of these guys, Smith, Chase, Pitts, or Waddle, I'm going to be absolutely thrilled to watch any one of these kids put on a Dolphins uniform. But let's talk about Kyle Pitts' speed. In his pro day, he ran a 4.44. That's insane for a guy that's 6'6", 245, with that type of body, to run his 40 at 4.44. It's godly. I mean, I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm sold on Kyle Pitts. I would not mind that whatsoever. I want to share that with you guys. I know you guys have all seen it, but these guys are unbelievable. And you see Greer and, and our staff out there watching these guys, and you can't tell. You can't tell what they like. And listen, at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure it depends on what the other guys pick before us. Who's going to be available at six? Because there's certain scenarios where I've seen Chase go at five, and I've seen Pitts go at four, so it might lean us to taking Smith. Like I said, nonetheless, these are all great picks. So let me tell you, this is how I think it's going to go down. So I think the first overall pick is obviously going to be Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to go to Jacksonville. Number two for the Jets, I think Zach Wilson is going to be going there. I heard a lot of chatter about him going there, and I think that's who they're going to pick. At number three, though, San Fran, there's been a lot of hype about Mac Jones. They're saying that, but I don't think that they're going to say that publicly and have somebody else sneak over him like the Jets and taking them, I think they like Fields. I think they like Fields or Wilson, but they're saying Mac Jones kind of like a little smokescreen. 
But like I said, I think Wilson will go to the Jets. With that being said, San Fran, to me, is going to take Justin Fields. Then Atlanta at four. Okay, I think they're going to take Pitts. I really do. Unfortunately, I hope not, but I think they're going to take Pitts. I think they're going to take that tight end. And there's been talk that maybe they could go quarterback, but I, I, don't, I don't see them passing on Pitts for one of the quarterbacks that's going to be available after Wilson Fields and Lawrence go. But we'll see. Number five, here's, here's where it gets tricky. Cincinnati desperately needs help on the offensive line. Burrow got killed last year. He's getting sacked. He got injured. You got to protect your future quarterback. I mean, that's the quarterback of the future. That's their franchise guy. Joe Burrow's their guy. They need to protect them. So the right thing to do is take Sewell with that pick and, you know, beef up that offensive line. But Jamar Chase is Burrow's boy. And I know Burrow's probably asking Cincinnati to draft Chase. I mean, they had the chemistry and the connection from the LSU days. They played together in college. So that worries me for that reason. I think that an organization might lean towards, hey, let's, let's make our quarterback happy. So if our quarterback wants to get Chase, let's get Chase. I don't think it's smart. I think they should go offensive tackle and stack up that offensive line to protect Burrow. But I really think that Burrow's going to get to them. It's going to make them pick Chase. And that leaves us at six with, you know, Swell on the board, Smith or Waddle. And that's where I take my guy Smith. But we'll see how it goes. If, if Pitts or Chase drop, I personally think that the Dolphins will take either one of those two. I think Devonta Smith is third on their board. I think he's third. But either one of those guys, like we said time and time again, excellent. Excellent choices here. We're, we're fine either way. I know Sewell is a, is a beast. He's a god. I mean, you can't underestimate how important an offensive tackle is. But I'm so sold on these playmaking guys that I hope we go this route. And if Sewell is on the board, I hope we don't take him. But I understand it. And we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. That's just my opinion. That's how I think it's going to work out. Uh, but we'll see. Now at pick 18, you guys know I've been saying it time and time again. It's Najee Harris for me. He's my pick. He's a lock. If he's there, I'm taking him. No doubt about it. I tell you all the time how important it is for this Dolphins team to gain a running game, have somebody that could, you know, get short yardage, long yardage. Yeah, the speed is not that great, but he can do everything. He can catch the ball. You just want to have a guy like that back there, especially with Tua. So that's my lock. But if there was, you know, let's say Najee is off the board. There's one other guy that really, really catches my eye at 18. Obviously, you know, Parsons as well, but I don't think Parsons will be there. But the guy I'm talking about is Quiddy Pay. All right, this kid is 6'2", 261 pounds, and he's an absolute monster. I mean, his body and his pursuit is incredible. If you look up his highlights, the pursuit on this kid is insane. I believe he's a day one starter. He's a pass rusher, and I think a lot of the pass rushers in this draft I think they're going to take time to develop. I don't think they're day one starters. They're kind of a project. But this Quiddy Pay kid, I think he's day one. I think he's ready to go. I think he's ready to rock. Like I said, his body and pursuit, he gets after it. And that's a position we desperately need in Miami. We need a pass rusher. I mean, we lost Shaq Lawson. It's a big part of our defense. We, we need to have dynamic pass rushers and a young one coming in. That would be great. So if Najee is off the board, I'd consider taking Quiddy Pay. 
Now, what do I think the Dolphins would do if both are on the board? I think Coach Flores probably would lean towards Quiddy Pay. I'm not going to lie. Flores loves defense. You know, he loves, loves, loves defense. So I wouldn't put it past him to selecting Quiddy Pay at the 18th pick, but we'll see. Like I said, Najee's my guy, but I want to say Quiddy Pay, keep an eye out on him. That dude is a monster. Well, speaking of pass rushers, there's a couple other ones I like as well in this draft. Like I said, I don't think they're day one guys. I think they're more of projects. But the one that stands out to me is somebody who I've always been on is Jalen Phillips out of Miami. The U, baby. He's 6'5", 260 pounds. He ran a 4.5640. I mean, he looks great out there. I mean, like I said, at that body, to run that fast, you can see the potential in him. And it's just, you know, the thought is, What's his ceiling? What could he be? That intrigues me, though. I like this kid a lot. I've seen a couple of his games over the year in Miami, and I I love it. I love his pursuit, his athleticism. And after his great pro day, at first he was projected to go in the second round, maybe even third. But I'm seeing him now in a couple updated mock drafts. I've seen him going in the first round, and I'm like, man, you know, before they had Rousseau, the, uh, the other pass rusher from Miami up, he was going first round, but Jalen Phillips, after his pro day, a lot of people have considered him being a first round pick, but I'm hopeful that he can go to the second round because if he f- slides to the second round and let's say we go with the way I want to go with Smith and then Najee, I would love Jalen Phillips with our second round pick. I would love that. The dude's a freak. I mean, I was really, really impressed seeing how he performed in his pro day. I mentioned his name, Gregory Russo. He's from Miami as well. He's 6'6", 266. That's another pass rusher that I would like to keep an eye on. I'm a big fan of his game. I know his pro day wasn't too impressive, and a lot of people were giving him some crap for it. And listen, he is a stud. All right, don't let that fool you. Just because he didn't play this past year, this guy's a monster. He was projected to be a high, high pick at first. And it's for a reason. I've seen him play in Miami. He's great. I think Phillips will be better, don't get me wrong, because he has higher upside. But I like Greg. I think he's really, really impactful. I've seen his games, like I said. He didn't play last year because he opted out. But before that, I mean, the dude was tearing it up. For a pass rusher, watching him play college, he's impactful. He can make a difference. If he slides to the second round and Phillips is gone, I would like taking Gregory Russo, keeping him here in Miami. Like I said, he went to the U. I think he can provide a lot of great things for a defense. I mean that. The dude is a freak. If you look at his highlights from before last year, obviously because he didn't play, this guy can ball. I mean it. You guys, whoever is doubting him, and if if any of you guys listening to this kind of are iffy about him, look at his film. Look at his film. This guy... He's a beast. He's a beast. Like I said, I like Phillips better, but I'm saying if Phillips is not there, this guy can make some things happen. He had 15.5 sacks in 2019. I mean, that was second behind Chase Young. And we know how great Chase Young is. These numbers don't lie, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, this is going to be a fun draft. You know, it's fun looking at these pro days, seeing highlights on different players and doing these mock drafts. So speaking of mock drafts, I did two this week. I'm going to share them with you. All right, so my first mock draft went like this. So at number six, I had Smith on the board. Chase was taken right before me. So he went to the Bengals, just like I projected. 
But then again, this is a mock draft, so you never know. This is all fun. So I went with Chase at six. At number 18, I took my guy Najee Harris. He was on the table. You know I'm going to take him. Took him. No hesitation. And then with the 36th pick, I had some interesting people to choose from. But I went with Creed Humphrey. The center, you know that's a position of need. You know we want to get younger there on the offensive line. You want them all to grow together. Yeah, we have a veteran out there right now. But, you know, you need a young center. We need a draft one, and I think he's a great pickup. Number 50, I took Gregory Rousseau, the edge rusher I talked about from Miami. He was on the table there. Obviously, Phillips was gone. All these other great edge rushers were gone. We needed one, and I'm very high on him, so I took him at the 50 pick. Then at 81, I took that safety from FSU. He's 6'3", 215 pounds. I do not know how to say his name. I know you guys know who, who I'm talking about. Hamsa Nazreldeen. I don't know how to say it, like I said, but uh, the safety from S- FSU, I think he's going to be great in this league. So that was my first mock draft. Like I said earlier, I only did the first five picks. Uh, I didn't go you know, deep into the draft. I haven't done enough scouting to see who I really like in the later, later picks as of yet, but I'm sure later on, I'll be able to dive more into those, but I wanted to share that with you. So that's my first mock draft. Now, here's my second one. Now, my second one, I actually had Pitts and Smith and Chase on the board, but since I took a wide receiver in the first one that I'm sharing with you guys, I took a tight end on this one. So I wanted to see how things work out if I went ahead and took Kyle Pitts. So that's what I did. I took Kyle Pitts at six. At 18, I took Najee Harris again. At 36, Humphrey was gone. But I was able to get Landon Dickerson, the center from Alabama. I think he's great, too. I think those two right there are going to be the best centers in this draft. I'm pretty sure they're projected to be. But from what I've seen, they, they got what it takes. At number 50, I took a wide receiver. I took Amari Rodgers. Personally, I like the kid. I like his upside. I like what he could bring to the table. So I took him at 50. I wanted Randall Moore, but he was obviously taken right before. And... At 81, I took Quincy Roche, the edge rusher. These two mock drafts, I think I did a pretty good job, but I definitely want to hear from you guys. I've seen a lot of you guys on Twitter post up your mock drafts. I like a lot of them. A lot of the ones I've seen are pretty interesting. I didn't want to make one with trades. Obviously, I could have got a lot of value, but I wanted to see, give you guys a little bit realistic in a way. Basically, I wanted to share who I would take if everything stands packed. So remember, Dolphin fans, I want to hear from you guys. I want to know your feedback on my picks in the mock draft, what you would do, or share some of yours with me. Send me a message. Just tweet them at me, whatever you like. I want to see your mock drafts. I'm excited. The draft is this month. I want to hear from all you guys. We might even move back a spot. Who knows with Chris Greer? But nonetheless, this is a great time to be a Dolphins fan. I mean, to have the ability to pick all these high picks, to have a great coach, to have a great GM. And our fans, I mean, we're coming together. We all want the same thing. We want the Dolphins to get to the playoffs, to get to the Super Bowl. We desperately want it. So it's nice to see Dolphins Twitter coming together. Like, we all want the same goal. There's not too much beef going around. I love to see it. This is a great time, guys. So rock your Miami Dolphins gear with pride. Post pictures. Do what you got to do. I mean, the draft is this month. We're on the right track, finally. Like I say time and time again, I believe in this front office. I believe in Flores. I believe in Greer. They have a plan, and we'll see how it goes. Draft day is soon, so let's enjoy the ride. All right, so let's shift things on over to the Miami Heat. Hey, what can I say? 
a perfect week no losses this past week that's great heat fans we got the heat team that we love that we've been desperately been wanting to see clicking on all cylinders we got the four figured out with trevor ariza playing well got oladipo in the mix now playmaking not scoring but he's playmaking he's playing defense he's taking charges bam looks great duncan looks amazing and jimmy hey that's our mvp he's doing it all I, it feels great it feels great to see this heat team click on all cylinders this is this is the team we've been waiting and waiting and waiting so patiently or maybe not to finally come out and, it, and it's nice whenever you can have a week where you don't lose a game it's a damn positive so let's start with the first game over the week and we face the knicks the win against the Knicks, listen, it was a tough game to watch because it was more of a defensive battle. I like those games personally, but you didn't, you didn't really get the action, you know, the lights out shooting from both teams. But that's kind of what you get when you're playing the Knicks this season. Tom Thibodeau has these guys playing really well. They're playing great defense. They're playing together. They got chemistry there. And listen, the Knicks, I personally think they're going to make the playoffs. They're a good team. They're well coached. You know, the talent isn't there. But like I said, they're well coached and Thibodeau's changing the culture. So it was great to see that because anytime you see a playoff type feel with defense, I love watching stuff like that. And Jimmy loved it too. I mean, he took over in the second half. He was chirping a bit. Somebody got him going. I don't know if it was RJ Barrett because he was pointing at him. Some say he was pointing at the ref during that game, but somebody got him going and I love seeing Jimmy just take over. So we ended up getting the win, and we held them to 88 points. That's right, less than 90 points. I mean, you know Coach Spolscher loves seeing that. Then after that, we went on the road to take on Indiana. And listen, that game, watching it at least, it was damn stressful. It, 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 was, it was so stressful just watching it. You know, any game over there in Indiana just seems like it's such a struggle. It's such a battle, and this one was. I mean, remember, we just dropped two games to Indiana, I think it was the week before. So we definitely needed to come out with this win. We don't want these guys thinking they're better. And it kind of looked like it. Like TJ McConnell, man, he gets on my nerves. Miles Turner, he gets on my nerves. Sabonis complaining. I really feel like the Pacers think they're better than us. And that's damn sure not the case. That's for sure. But hey, let's talk about the game. So we were down 15 at one point, And I was, I was thinking, man, now, are we really going to drop this game? But the Heat battled back, and they locked in defensively, and it was amazing. I mean, we ended up holding the Pacers to 87 points. So the great defense on back-to-back games on display, it's exciting to see. I know Spolster loved it, like I said, and watching this team get after it defensively. This was with, without Victor Oladipo. It's amazing. It's great to see. It's great to see. Like I said, the great defense from Jimmy Butler, from Trevor Ariza, from Bam Adebayo, and even my guy Duncan Robinson. Listen, his ability to play great team defense, he's rebounding, the effort level, it's there for him. I love to see it. Obviously, Duncan isn't really great at on-ball defense, but he's trying out there, and he is really, really improved. It's nice to see Duncan Robinson right after this trade deadline happened, and you know he was in the rumors for Kyle Lowry. It seems like such a weight has been taken off this guy's shoulders. He's shooting the ball well. He's playing defense. He looks confident. I love seeing that Duncan Robinson. And that price range, he's making a good case for it that we might have to pay this man. I mean, would you want to lose Duncan right now? This is how we were. I mean, when he was struggling, we were all out on Duncan, even myself. 
But when he plays at this level and you see what he can do and the impact he has on this team, man, you got to think about it. You got to think about paying this man. You know, the knock on a player when they're on their contract year is that they only play hard because it's their contract year. And then after that, they kind of chill out. But I don't know, Duncan Robinson has a certain type of edge to him that I think he really takes like the chatter about him seriously. And I think he really wants to not only get a contract, but he wants to be a great player and he wants to continue to be a great player after he gets his contract. I mean, man, this guy had Miles Turner at the corner. He jab stepped and drew right past him for a layup. I was like, was that Duncan or Drogic? I mean, damn, I mean, he probably hears the chatter. Oh, this man can only shoot. This man can't defend. He's taking it all personally. Now he's cut into the basket this year. He's getting to the hole. He's rebounding. He's playing better defensively. I love seeing that. And I, I just, I love what Duncan Robinson can do for this team. All of it, all, all of the things he does. I, I give him so much respect over this little winning streak. He's, he's dominating. I actually saw it on Twitter this past week. He literally finished with 18.3 points per game, 4.3 rebounds. This is averages, by the way. 2.5 assists. He shot 54.3 from the field. He had 23 pointers and shot 50% from three. This man is on something. I don't know what he's on, but Duncan, keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on eating whatever breakfast you're eating, whatever the hell you're doing, that podcast, whatever you're saying on your podcast over there. Hey, keep doing what you got to do because you are balling. I love to see it. Heat Nation loves it. Duncan's really, really in a good spot mentally, and he's going to be crucial down the stretch. So right after starting last week on the road with those two wins, we bring it back home against Golden State, and it was Victor Oladipo's Heat debut. And it was just so great to see Victor Oladipo finally put on that Heat jersey that I know he's wanted to wear that the fans wanted to see. Man, it, it felt so great to have the whole group out there. I mean, you had Ariza out there. You had Bielitsa out there, Oladipo, you know, just wearing that nice vice versa jersey. It, it was great. It was great to see. I mean, I couldn't really get into the game from the jump because I was just so excited. We're watching Oladipo, watching his moves. How does he look? How is he, how is he buying in defensively and, and all that? But, hey, it ended up being a great game. We did pick up the win. We held Golden State to 109, and going against a team with Steph Curry on the other side and holding them to 109, that's a good thing. I mean, you're not really going to hold the team under 100, like I said, if they have Curry. I mean, Curry got his. He popped off. I think we did well guarding him, but he still happens to get buckets even when you play great defense on him. He's just the best shooter. He's the best shooter I've seen. But Oladipo, he looked good out there. Personally, I think he looked good. He looked great defensively. He was guarding Curry a lot. He was taking charges, and he was playmaking for others. I love to see that. His shot wasn't falling, but I think it's going to get there. His defense was impressive, and I like to see that he looks happy out there. He looks willing to move the ball, and it's only a matter of time before his shot starts falling with our offense, so I'm not worried about it. But I can't say it enough. The defense was so impressive. We ended up with 10 steals, 6 blocks, and the Warriors ended up with 20 turnovers against us. This defense stuff is exciting me because this is what Coach Spolstra always preaches. This is what Pat Riley preaches. Defense, defense, defense for the Miami Heat. That's going to be the key. It's going to be the key come playoff time. We got to play defense. We got to be able to throw these bodies out at people like a Giannis, like a KD, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, et cetera, et cetera. And it's nice to see. I mean, think about it. 
the ability to go out there and throw out Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala, Trevor Ariza, Bam Adebayo. Sheesh. You can switch everything there. Bam can guard a guard. And then having these long forwards, they can guard big, especially in today's game. This defense stuff is so exciting. And Victor Oladipo, like I said, I love what I saw from him defensively. He wants to guard people. He wants to get in the passing lanes. He takes it personally. I love guys like that. He's going to be a great fit once he starts figuring it all out for the Miami Heat. But it's not only about Victor Oladipo. I had a lot of great things that I saw in that game from Nemanja Bialica. He only played 17 minutes. He was 3 of 6 from the field, 8 points. Not flashy numbers, but I think he can help a lot, like I've said before. Once he gets used to playing with us and he's going to be able to contribute on a nightly basis because of his IQ, his ability to stretch the floor, trust me, you're going to see a lot from Bielitsa coming very, very soon. And that led us up to last Saturday against the Cleveland Cavs at home in Miami. And we handled that pretty well. We won 115-101, but a lot of great things that I saw. Duncan Robinson continued to be a beast. He was 6-9 shooting the three, finished with 18 points. The confidence in there. You heard me praise Duncan. It's still the same. He's been on such a tear. I mean, it, it's great. He only played 29 minutes, and he still managed to have six three-pointers in there. That was great. Bam Adebayo continued to do what he did. He was 9-12, finished with 18 points, 11 rebounds, double-double machine. That's what he is. Great defense. Jimmy didn't score much. He was only 4-8 of eight from the field because he didn't have to. So he had 15 points, but guess what? 11 assists, 6 rebounds, doing the other things that he loves to do. So it was nice to see this team click. And Trevor Ariza, he finished with 15 points. He was 4 of 8 from 3. We got this guy for a 2027 second round pick and Myers Leonard. Just think about that. Think about what we acquired over the past month and what we lost. This Heat team is special. I can feel it's only a matter of time before the whole world notices and we start to put things together, this Heat team has the potential to knock down so many teams in the Eastern Conference. I'm not scared of Philly. I'm not scared of Boston. And Brooklyn can get got at the right time. Listen, this stuff excites me. Victor Oladipo finished the game with 8 points, 5 assists. He was 3 of 13. Listen, the offense is going to come there. It's only a matter of time. He's going to get used to playing with us. It's going to start clicking, but at least he's doing other things. He's still defending at a high level. He's getting five assists. I mean, he could take people off dribbles. He takes people off the dribble, kicks it out to Duncan. This guy is valuable. And it's great to see that if his shooting is off, he's still willing to impact the game in other ways. I love Victor Oladipo. I really think he's going to get right this coming week, especially, you know, he's got two games under his belt with the Heat. And we're going to start to see things click for him. How about my guy Nemanja, right? He ended up with 10 points, 5 assists, 7 rebounds. Look at that. 4 of 10 from the field, 24 minutes. He got more minutes. This is what he can do. Obviously, the shooting could have been better. I'll take 4 of 10 nonetheless. He only hit 1-3, but he can drive to the paint. You know, he's kind of like that slow motion Kelly, how he gets to the paint. He can do that. He can do that. He can find people. He had great assists. Like I said, 5 assists, 7 rebounds. I like Bielitsa. I think he's going to contribute so much for our team, especially down the stretch. Stay tuned for that. So let's check out the games we got this week. I mean, tonight we play a game against Memphis. We lost to them before. 
I hope we win. I mean, we're at home. They beat us before. Obviously, we didn't have the players that we had now. I expect a win. We're rolling. We're doing great things. Let's keep this streak going. After that, Thursday on primetime, as of now, I don't know if it'll get flexed, but we play the Lakers. Finals rematch, but unfortunately, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are out still, so we won't get to see them. But hey, we played them earlier, and we beat them in their floor with LeBron, so we're, we're still winning. So that's what we all wanted to see. So we got the taste you know, of beating LeBron after he beat us in the finals. So if they're not playing, that's not our problem. But I think we're going to win that game. We should be able to handle that. We're at home. That leads us to Sunday. We're going to play the Portland Trailblazers. Listen, last time we played them, it was an entertaining game because they can put up points. And CJ McCollum is a problem. He puts up buckets and bunches. Damian Lillard is a problem at the guard position. Portland Trailblazers are a great team. I mean, they can score. Ennis Cantor has a, is a double-double machine. He gets offensive rebounds in his sleep. Derek Jones Jr., an old buddy of ours. That's going to be a tough game to win, especially on the road. I'm going to say we lose that game, but we'll see. Hopefully we win it. But nonetheless, I think we beat the Grizzlies. I think we beat the Lakers. We continue rolling. And let's get Oladipo right this week. That's what I want to see. That's what I'm rooting for. I want to continue to win, but I want to see Oladipo find his groove offensively, get comfortable. And this team, the sky's the limit for this team. So I know from listening, you guys can tell I'm always optimistic with this team, but I'm a diehard fan. If, I mean, if it goes wrong, if they piss me off, I'll share that with you. But right now, they're, they make me happy, and I'm, I'm always optimistic. You can't get too high or you can't get too low during the season. I'm kind of level right there, but I can see what this team can be down the stretch, and that excites me. So let's enjoy some Heat basketball. Let's keep this thing rolling. Let's keep enjoying this team. Let's keep enjoying the defense on display. Let's enjoy Oladipo get right. Let's enjoy the streak that Duncan is on. Hopefully he keeps rolling. And our guy, our MVP, Jimmy Buckets. Let's enjoy him keep taking games over. Keep feeding the ball to people. Rebounding. Getting steals. MVP, Jimmy Butler. Let's keep enjoying it. Let's keep rolling. And let's have a good week of Heat basketball. All right, now let's talk some baseball. The Miami Marlins just opened up their season this past week. They took on the Tampa Bay Rays in the Citrus Series. Listen, I don't know about you guys, but I'm just so excited to have baseball back. It was such a long offseason. And last season, to say the least, was kind of a ripoff for fans. We had only 60 games played. We're so used to seeing 162 games and then playoffs as well. So we got a little bit of a shorthanded season, but there was still a lot of great things for us Miami fans to be excited about. I mean, we made the playoffs. We finally got back to the playoffs where this team is very, very, very capable of returning. So it was exciting to say the least. It was nice to see those young guys get there when they were doubted by pretty much everyone. It was nice to see Sixto Sanchez go in there. It was nice to see Sandy Alcantara get these reps and become names that other MLB fans are going to be able to know and recognize. You know, we all want respect for this Marlins team, and I think we pretty much got it. I mean, we not only made the playoffs last year, but we made it past the first round. And I think this young team is very much capable of being back in there. I'm excited for what's to come. I'm excited for what I've seen this past week. I mean, I know we, we only won one game. We dropped the series one game 
to two to the Rays, but there was a lot of exciting things that I want to talk about. A lot of exciting things that I, you know, that I saw. I'm very optimistic. I want to share my thoughts on the team and just talk about the games this past week. But before I get into that, how great is it to see fans in the stands once again? Remember, last year we didn't get to see fans at all. And now the Marlins were this past weekend fourth in attendance? That's great. I mean, for a team that everyone, you know, makes fun of the fan base for not going to games and stuff like that, hey, fourth in attendance? There we go. I love to see that. Any one of you guys, if you're listening to this podcast and you went, keep going. Keep going to the game. Show the support for these guys. These guys love it. You know, Miami needs respect and we're getting the respect. So let's just continue pushing forward. So it was just nice to see. I mean, you really were able to hear the fans through the through the TV. You know, you, you were able to tell the difference between pumping crowd noise and real crowd noise and stuff like that just gives me chills. I, you know, I miss the fans so much. They make the game go, especially watching on TV. I mean, being there in person as well. but. It was just a great sight to see. I'm, I'm excited for this baseball season. So for all you Marlins fans listening, I know a lot of you guys were very, very down on the offseason moves. You were expecting more, and I get that. I totally get that, especially following the playoffs. You guys want the team to spend. I mean, we've been preaching patience and patience for so long. I get it. I get it completely. But Jeter took the safe route, and I, quite frankly, I don't mind it. I don't see why we need to spend big money now. I personally think if we were to go into the all-star break and maybe even the trade deadline with a positive record kind of going gearing towards the playoffs, I think a move will be made personally. And I think that's the approach he's going to have. Just like last year, once the playoffs were reachable, Derek Jeter made the move and he brought Marte over here. You know, this offseason, we added Adam Duvall to the mix. He's going to help tremendously. But there's no need to overspend. I think if we are in track to make the playoffs again, a move will be made to improve the roster. And we go from there. But for right now, let these young kids play. It's just amazing to see these guys grow. I mean, Jazz Chisholm is awesome. I love watching him on a nightly basis, especially this past weekend. There's so much talent. You know, Sixto, Sandy, so many young guys that are just developing right before our eyes. I love to see it. So we got to just enjoy the ride. But in other news, as you all know, Sixto Sanchez will be down. I don't know how long. There's no timetable. But the MRI revealed that he had a mild inflammation on his shoulder. I was just thankful it wasn't the elbow, quite frankly. I was so scared that it was going to be a Tommy John season-ending surgery. But thankfully, it wasn't. My opinion or my thoughts are I'm assuming it's going to be two months, maybe three. Either way, I'm happy that we're going to see Sixto Sanchez pitch for the Marlins this year. I'm grateful for that because I love watching that guy, man. His energy, his passion. I know you guys all love it as well. I can't wait to see him out there, but he's got to get right. Remember, he's our future. So if we have to take the cautious approach, so be it. Do it. I'm all for that. We have other great guys stepping up here. And speaking of stepping up, how about Sandy? I mean, Sandy Alcantara was dominant in his first outing on opening day. He pitched six innings, allowed two hits, no earned runs, seven strikeouts. This dude is becoming an ace right before our eyes. I love to see it. I love to see how better he's gotten through these years and through these starts. A couple times, he's had bad outings, but he's, it looks like he's putting everything together. I mean, he looked great out there. I wanted to see him pitch another inning, but I understand it. Opening week, you're not going to put your starters out there throwing 100 pitches. They got to ramp back up. But Sandy looked great. 
Uh, we lost that game 1-0, unfortunately, but I was just happy to see Sandy go out there and pitch the way he did. And that brought us into the next night for game two against the Rays. Pablo Lopez took the mound, and he pitched great as well. Five-inning pitch. He gave up two hits only, zero earned runs, four strikeouts. Pablo looked great as well. Listen, these young guys, these young pitchers we have in place, they're going to be so fun to watch over the season. I'm just so excited. But we dropped that game. We lost 6-4, to four and we had the lead going into the ninth inning. We threw out our pitcher, Anthony Bass, who we just acquired, out there to close the game. And my goodness, what can I say? He just flat out blew the game. He gave up four runs. And it was a blown save. And, you know, all, I speak for all Marlins fans. We're tired of seeing blown saves with these pitchers that we bring in. It goes from Braden Looper to Heath Bell. The list goes on and on. A.J. Ramos was good one year, then blowing saves the next. It's like we just, we just have bad luck. I don't know what it is. We can't find a right closer to come in here and dominate. Even, even who else? Fernando Rodney, I'm pretty sure. He's one as well. The list goes on and on. We just have bad luck. I was annoyed. I was so annoyed. I mean, to see the, the rally that we did with uh, Rojas stepping in and then Jazz stepping in, providing clutch hits, and then to lose that game in the ninth inning, it was so frustrating. But, I mean, it's baseball. It's a long season. And the good thing is you play six to seven games a week. So you can bounce right back. And the Marlins did so the next night. Picking up the win 12-7 to seven to avoid the sweep, that was great to see. 14 hits, too, by the club. We were waiting to see when the offense was going to come alive. We know we got the pitching. Now, it was only question marks about the offense. So it was great to see them, you know, have 14 hits in the game, 12 runs, win that game, avoid the sweep. Marte was four for five. Listen, that's pretty much our best player. So it was nice to see him get going. And overall, just to avoid a sweep, that's what you want. And in the baseball season, it's a long season, but you don't want to get swept. You want to either win series. If you can sweep a series, that's great. You, if you you got to take at least one out of three. And eventually the wins are going to tally up. Just want to avoid to get swept. But hey, Marlin season is underway and it's amazing. I'm so glad to have baseball back. I'm excited for what this team has in store for us. I'm excited to see if we could get back to the playoff. And just shock the world. We're the bottom feeders, right? So let's see how it goes. I mean, we start off against the Cardinals. We got a series against them. We're at home. That's going to be a tough series. And then we go on the road to take on the Mets for the weekend series. So Mets are a really good team. You know, that's a division rival. I hope we don't play DeGrom, but we most likely are. And every time we play the Mets, it's like DeGrom has to pitch. We can never avoid seeing DeGrom. But baseball's back. So let's enjoy it. Let's shock the world. Go Marlins. All right, so that wraps up episode 12. Hey, that was another fun one. This is an exciting time to be a Miami sports fan. I mean, the the Marlins are started. The Florida Panthers are doing well in hockey. The Dolphins are about to go through their draft process. The Heat just acquiring all these pieces, playing great defensively, on a winning streak. This is just a great time. I, I love that I'm able to start this podcast and give you guys my feedback and my thoughts on our Miami teams. And I love seeing you guys. I mean, your, your tweets out there, my interactions in the group chats that I'm in, you guys are so knowledgeable. I love it. I love on game days how you're active, you're talking about the game, tweeting about the game. It's great. It's great stuff. Guys, if you're not following me on Twitter and you're listening to this, again, my Twitter handle is at SportsVibes305. 
You can follow me there, message me there, whatever you like. Let's let's talk about whatever. Let's talk about basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever, whatever. Hit me up. I want to hear from you guys. With that being said, I'll see you guys here next Tuesday and every Tuesday after that. Thanks for listening to the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast with Nando Diaz.